Today's gospel comes from the seventh chapter of Mark, beginning at the 24th verse. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible is full of healing stories. People of all ages and genders and ethnicities, rich people and poor people, people whose names we know and those whose names are lost to history. Woven through these ancient pages are the stories of all kinds of healings. Physical healings from leprosy and hemorrhages and paralysis, sight and hearing and speech restored. While there's a lot that we don't necessarily understand about the stories of casting demons out of people, we know that those were, in the end, healings, not just in body and mind, but of people being able to return to life in community. In some cases, people are raised from their deathbeds or called out of their own tombs. And if we take a wider view of what healing might mean, we can see people healed from poverty and hunger and oppression, from exclusion and fear. The Bible's full of healing. The second part of the reading we just heard from the Gospel of Mark is one of those healing stories. A man who is deaf and unable to speak is brought to Jesus, apparently led there by some loved ones, who beg Jesus to do something, to lay his hand on this man and heal him. Jesus takes the man aside and puts his fingers in the man's ears and touches the man's tongue. And immediately, the man is able to hear and to speak. 
immediately. This man's life is utterly, completely changed. He'll never move through the world in the same way again. And this experience is so astonishing that even though Jesus orders people not to talk about it, they simply can't keep quiet. But what if the first story we heard is also a healing story? What if it's also about someone whose life has changed? Someone who will never move through the world in the same way again. Someone whose experience is so astonishing that they can't keep quiet about it. And what if the person who is healed in that story is Jesus? Now, before you call 1-800-MY-PASTOR-IS-A-HERETIC, let's think through that story again. Jesus has just finished a heated discussion with his own Jewish religious leaders and crowds and his disciples, a discussion about what defiles a person. And Jesus insists that it's not what you eat or what goes into you that you need to worry about. It's what you say and how you live. It's our words and our actions that hurt and harm. And Jesus repeats, that's what we need to worry about. Not what goes into us, but what comes out. Hang on to that for a minute. Through these early chapters in Mark's gospel, Jesus has been moving around quite a lot. And as we started our story for today, he's on the move again. He began his ministry in mostly Jewish territory. But now he's in largely Gentile territory, so he's among outsiders to his own religious tradition. Tyre and Sidon, the two cities we hear, are coastal cities deep in Gentile territory. They're in the Roman province of Syria, and they were historic centers of the Phoenician naval empire, which was an ancient enemy of Israel. So not only outsiders, but antagonists. That's how we meet a woman of Syrian, or Syro-Phoenician, background. Although, how we actually meet her is when she bursts into the house where Jesus is trying to get a little quiet time, and she begs him to cast a demon out of her daughter. This woman is not the first desperate parent we meet in the Gospels, and she will not be the last. Mothers and fathers are among the most determined to track Jesus down, to find him, and to do anything he asks so that he will come and heal their children. As I've said before, you don't need to be a parent to understand that level of anguish. You just need to know what it's like to love a child, any child. A niece or a nephew, a neighbor, a student, a godchild, the little kid you babysit. Imagine that child you love in an ICU bed, and you can understand why this woman didn't even knock. She just stormed in, and she throws herself at Jesus' feet, and she begs. And it does not go well. We could twist ourselves into knots trying to explain what comes out of Jesus' mouth next, but it would not erase the words themselves, which are, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs.
Let's cut to the chase. Did Jesus just call this woman a dog? Yes. Was the word dog as much of an insult in the first century as it would be today? Yes. Is there any way we could explain this away by saying the Greek word isn't that bad, or Jesus was really tired, or maybe there's some kind of biblical reference in here that makes Jesus' response less offensive? No, there's not. When we say that we believe Jesus was both fully human and fully divine, the human part of the equation is usually focused on the human things that Jesus experienced. So we say, yes, Jesus was human. He was hungry and he was tired and he needed to be alone sometimes. He got angry and he grieved and he cried and he loved and he enjoyed a good dinner party and he suffered and he bled and he died. But you cannot be fully human without making mistakes. You cannot be fully human without saying things you later regret. You cannot be fully human without being wrong and learning to do better. We usually think of Jesus as the one who shows us the best way to be human. The one who forgives us when we fail. In other words, we are accustomed to thinking of Jesus as the healer. But what if, in this story, he's the one who gets healed? What does it mean for us that Jesus made this mistake? That he said something hurtful, something tinged with racist and sexist overtones? What does it mean for us that a God who became fully human experienced one of the most human moments to realize that you were wrong? What does it mean for us that God knows what it's like to be healed, to be turned around and have your life utterly changed by something you never saw coming? To err is human, to forgive is divine, is how the saying goes. <clears throat> but here we have a divine error, a divine mistake and a divine response, which is why the story matters so much. I imagine that after Jesus' words left his mouth, there was a moment of silence. A moment when this desperate mother could have assumed that there was no help for her here, when she could have walked away. After all, in addition to the direct insult, Jesus is basically telling her that he's not here for her. She's an outsider in every way. She's a woman. She's the caregiver of an unclean child. She is a religious and ethnic stranger. And Jesus is basically saying he's here for the people at the table, not the dogs underneath. But into the silence, the woman speaks. Sir, even the dogs under the table get the children's crumbs. Now there's another silence. What will Jesus do? How will he react? Will he defend himself? Explain that he didn't mean to offend her? Tell her that she should leave him alone while he's trying to get some rest? Ask her to come back later or 
simply send her away for her impertinence. Think about the last time you said something you regretted. Maybe as soon as it came out of your mouth. Think about the last time you realized you were wrong or that you could be wrong. Or recognize that you had a lot more to learn. Think about the last time you made a huge, massive, hurtful mistake that you knew you could not explain away no matter how you tried. Every one of us should be able to come up with an example of at least one of those things in about 30 seconds, because all of that is simply part of being human. Did you notice in the second story what Jesus says to the man as he restores his hearing and his speech? Be opened, he says. But before that, before Jesus can open possibilities for someone else, Jesus himself is opened up by a woman who told him the honest truth and who in doing so reminded him of his own words. It's not what goes into you that causes hurt and harm, but what comes out of you. Before he can heal anyone else, Jesus the healer must be Jesus the healed. To heal is divine, but so is the willingness to be healed, to learn and change and grow. To encounter another person so fully and completely that you're never the same again for having known them. To listen to another person's experience, especially that of someone who's completely different from you, and to believe them and to let them change you. To be opened which turns out to be the only way that we can help open and heal others along the way. In a time when it feels as if we are closing down to one another, eager to prove ourselves right and others wrong, quick to point out the errors of others while refusing to see our own mistakes, defining ourselves and one another by the differences that seem more and more insurmountable, this small, strange, healing story may be the most important one we hear. Because it is human to be wrong and to learn and to turn and go in a different direction. It is faithful to be changed. It is divine to be healed. And out in front of us, always showing us the way, is Jesus the healer who learned this the same way we all do, by listening and taking a deep breath and trying again to be opened. Amen.